the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all of the country of Judea and all of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens torn open and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove and a voice from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you whom I am well pleased. The Spirit immediately drove him out of the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Stand and sing. Strengthen the hands that are feeble. Comfort the weak and distraught. Say to those hearts that are troubled, be strong, fear not. Speak faith to those who are doubting that there's still a God to be sought. Say in the power of the Spirit, be strong for your night. Here is your God, mighty to save. This God's the God who brought life out of death when he conquered the grave. Trust him alone, call on his name. can listen at last the tongue of the dumb has been loosened Satan's calf streams turn the desert to meadow with water to cool burning sand all that's been wrong will be right at God's command here is your God this God's the God who brought life out of death when he conquered the grave. Trust him alone. Call on his 
one God, the true God, unchanging, forever the same. He's still the one God, the true God, unchanging, forever the same. Here is your God, mighty to save. This God's the God who brought life out of death when he conquered the grave. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boats mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. And they went to Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed, so they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all of the surrounding region of Galilee. And immediately he left the synagogue and returned the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came in and took her by the hand, lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all that were sick or oppressed by demons, and the whole city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out into a desolate place where he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him. They said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go out unto the next towns, that I may preach there also. For that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him, and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once, and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded, 
for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news, so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in a desolate place, and people were coming to him from every quarter. And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home, and many were gathered together, so there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came to him bringing a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let him down on the bed which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there, questioning in their hearts. Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, he said to them, Why do you question these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. He went out again beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting in the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as he reclined at a table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician. But those who are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. It's a great place to stop. I want us to think on that last line here for a minute. Those who are well have no need of a physician. Those who are sick do. I came not to call the righteous and to sinners. That's a... That's a ask of your heart sort of question. Which of those do you identify most with? Sick and in need of a physician or well and no need? Because Jesus' point in here is that really there's only one kind of person at the end of the day. And the irony is, is the less you feel like you need, the more you actually do. The gospel is only good news if we get to where this verse is driving us, right? He came to save sinners. Listen to this. Charles Spurgeon, I think this helps. He says, if the gospel describes itself like a feast, it's a great feast for the blind and the crippled and the lame. If it describes itself as a fountain, that fountain is open for sin and for uncleanness. Everywhere, in all that it does and says and provides to men, the gospel proves itself to be the sinner's friend. The motto of its founder and Lord is still, this man receives sinners. The gospel is a hospital for the sick. None but the guilty will ever accept its benefits. It's medicine for the diseased. 
the whole and self-righteous will never relish at saving drafts. They won't take advantage of it in the first place. He says, those who imagine that they have some excellence before God will never care to be saved by sovereign grace. The gospel, I say, looks sinner word. I love that word. That's a made up word I think you just made. But he's saying the gospel looks in one direction. It looks sinner word toward the sinner. He says, that way and that way only does it cast its blessings. So the very best thing you can do since the gospel looks towards sinners is to get where the gospel looks. I love that. Because you will only be in your right place when you get there. Well, this song helps us do that and actually acts as a prayer of confession and helps us get to this place. Not like those who thought they were righteous, but those who knew they weren't. No list of sins I have not done No list of virtues I pursue No list of those I am not like Can earn myself a place with you Oh God be merciful to me I am a sinner through Righteousness is not in me, but only you. Sing that verse again, no list. No list of sin I have not done. No list of virtue I pursue. No list of those I am not like can earn myself place with you. Oh God, be merciful to me. I am a sinner through and through. My only hope of righteousness is not in me, but only you. No humble dress no fervent prayer, no lifted hands, no tearful song, no recitation of the truth can justify a single wrong. My righteousness is Jesus' life. My debt was paid by Jesus' death. My weary Born by him and he alone can give me rest. No separation from the world, no work I do, no gift I give can cleanse my conscience, cleanse my hands. I cannot cause my soul to live but Jesus died and rose again the power of death is overthrown my God is merciful to me and merciful in Christ alone 
righteousness is Jesus' life. My debt was paid by Jesus' death. My weary load was borne by Him, and He alone can give me rest. And He alone can give me And now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, and people came and said to him, Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the patch tears away from it. The new from the old, and a worse tear is made. No one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is destroyed, and so are the skins. But new wine is for fresh wineskins. One Sabbath he was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck the heads of grain, and the Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar the high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which it is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him? So the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Again he entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. And they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, Come here. And he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. And he looked around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart, and said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him how to destroy him. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and a great crowd followed from Galilee and Judea, and Jerusalem and Idumea, and from beyond the Jordan and from around Tyre and Sidon. When the great crowd heard all that he was doing, they came to him, and he told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, lest they crush him. For he had healed many, so that all who had diseases pressed around to touch him. And whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. And he strictly ordered them not to make him known. And he went up on the mountain and called to him whom he desired, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, so they might be with him and he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. He appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, 
and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Boarginis, that is, son of thunder, Andrew and Philip, Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus and Simon of Zealot and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Then he went home and the crowd gathered again so they could not even eat. And when his family heard it, they went out to seize him, for they were saying, He is out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem were saying, He is possessed by Beelzebub, by the prince of demons he casts out the demons. And he called them to him and said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but is coming to an end. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man. Then indeed he may plunder his house. Truly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the children of man, and whatever blasphemies they utter, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they were saying, he has an unclean spirit. And his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside they sent to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God... He is my brother and sister and mother. Again he began to preach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other sea fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil, and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. 
And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And... He said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to him, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. And still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows, but he knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, and then the ear, and then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts it in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And he said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which, when sown in the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them, and they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with them. A great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep, on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him a man of the tombs with an unclean spirit. 
He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with a chain, for he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him, and crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs, let us enter them. So he gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told into the city and of the country, and people came to see what it had that had happened. And they came to see Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion, sitting there, clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. And came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. There was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for twelve years, and who had suffered much under many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus, and came up from behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned around the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And he followed no one to follow, he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, 
Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha, kumi, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the little girl got up and began walking, for she was only 12 years of age. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. And he strictly charged them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. He went away from there and came to his hometown and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue and many heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. And he could do no mighty work here, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went about among the villages teaching. And he called the twelve and began to send them out two by two, gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. And he said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you, and they will not listen to you, when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. King Herod heard of it, for Jesus' name had been known, become known. Some said, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. But others said, He is Elijah. And others said, He's a prophet, like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. For it was Herod who had sent and seized John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because he had married her. For John had been saying to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted him to be put to death, but could not. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he kept him safe. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he heard him gladly. But an opportunity came when Herod on his birthday gave a banquet for his nobles and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. For when Herodias' daughter came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to the girl, Ask me for whatever you wish, and I will give it to you. And he vowed to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give you up to half of my kingdom. And she went out and said to her mother, For what should I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. 
Baptist. And she came in immediately with haste to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. King was exceedingly sorry. But because of his oaths and his guests, he did not want to break his word to her. And immediately the king sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. He went and beheaded him in prison and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl. And the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard of it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran on foot from all of the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. He had compassion on them. They were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. (laughs) Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? And when they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to the heavens and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. Immediately, he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went on the mountain to pray. When evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them, but they saw him walking on the sea. He thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. They were utterly astounded. For they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gesenaret, moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region, began to bring the sick people onto their beds, wherever they heard he was. And wherever he came in villages, cities, or countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even that fringe of his garment. And as many as were touched were made well. Now when the Pharisees gathered to him with some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem, they saw that some of his disciples ate with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. For the Pharisees and all the Jews did not eat unless they washed their hands properly, 
holding to the tradition of the elders. And when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there were many other traditions that they observed, such as the washing of cups and pots and copper vessels and dining couches. And the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the traditions of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? And he said to them, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. You have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, If a man tells his father or his mother, Whatever you would have gained from me is Corban. That is, given to God. Then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother thus making void the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and many such things you do. And he called the people to him again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand, there is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him, but the things that come out of a person are what defile him. And when he had entered the house and left the people, His disciples asked him about the parable, and he said to them, Then are you also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him, since it enters not his heart, but his stomach, and is expelled? Thus he declared, All foods clean. What comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, Murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. And from there he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and did not want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden. But immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth. And she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. For this statement you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. And she went home and found the child lying in bed. And the demon gone. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee in the region of Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment. And they begged him to lay his hand on him. And taking him aside from the crowd privately, he put his fingers into his ears, and after spitting, touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. And Jesus charged them to tell no one, but the more he charged them, the more zealous they proclaimed it. 
They were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. In those days, when a great crowd had gathered and they had nothing to eat, he called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way, and some of them have come from far away. And his disciples answered him, How can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? How many loaves do you have? Seven. And he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves, and giving thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples and set before the people. They set them before the crowd, and they had a few small fish. And having blessed them, he said that they should also be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied. And they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. And there were about 4,000 people. And he sent them away. And he immediately, he got into his boat and his disciples went to the district of Damathua. The Pharisees began and argued with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. He sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Truly, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. And he left them, got into the boat again, and went to the other side. Now they had forgotten to bring bread, and they only had one loaf between them in the boat. And he cautioned them, saying, Watch out. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes do you not see, and having ears do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I first broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? Twelve. And the seven for the four thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? Seven. Do you not yet understand? Is it interesting that there's this miracle that Jesus does twice? two different places, the exact same thing. And it's obvious that this is mostly about his disciples here. He's teaching them something. It goes down the same way each time, right? He, he sees the crowd, feels compassion. He goes to the disciples and he knows that there's not enough. And he says, you feed them. Right? He knows that they can't. And both times they say, well, with what? And, and he says, well, bring what we have and puts it together and he, he blesses it and he puts it into their hands and he miraculously feeds. And I love the focus here even is not how many people were fed, but it's how much was left over after everyone ate. And he gets to this question. He says, do you not yet understand? Are you getting it, Jesus is saying? He's saying, I'll provide for you what I call you to do and, and more. I think when God calls us to give stewardship, whether it's money or time or energy or ourselves, there's the same principle going on. He's commissioned us. He's sent us out to do something that's beyond our means, right? To invite people from 
death to life, to trust in Jesus and, and to use all that we have for this. And, and I think that we feel like, I feel like this little place over here, like this is all we got, right? We got these seven loaves and we got a hundred of us or whatever. And God says, that's not the point. Jesus says, I will send you out and I'll provide what you need. We give, we take an offering every week in our, uh, in our service and, and uh, ushers can come forward and I want to pray that this kind of mindset as we see that we would learn this lesson, we wouldn't miss it through the gospel of Mark, that Jesus is calling to, us to something more uh, impossible than what he calls them to, and he's going to provide for us. Let me pray. God, we read uh, this, this, these two miracle scenes here, and, and, it's, and it's nothing like anything we've ever seen happen, and, it, and it's mind-boggling. It seems impossible, and yet... It should be harder for us to even imagine that, that you would use us to be ambassadors of this good news that you died and rose and that we can take that and share that and people who are dead in their sin like we once were, um, you make alive in Christ and you raise them up and you put your spirit in them and you, and you make them new creations in Christ and by degree you, you transform them back into the image of your son, Jesus. That is more impossible, and you've called us to be part of that. So God, as we give again this morning, this is just one way that we give toward that end. Would you encourage us? Would you give us a faith that, that you will do what you've commissioned us to do? You haven't called us to a futile task. So God, as we give this morning, I pray it would be eagerly and joyfully and watchfully that you'd help us to be watchful with what we give to look and see how you make it multiply uh, into eternally lasting fruit in people's lives and that we'd be uh, encouraged and we'd learn the lesson uh, that you wanted the disciples to learn in the same way. So we ask that you take what we give right now and, and multiply it and use it in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus, what a friend for sinners Jesus, lover of my soul Friends may fail me, foes assail me He, my Savior, makes me whole Hallelujah, what a Savior Hallelujah, what a friend Saving, helping, keeping, loving He is with me to the
And they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, Do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. And Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he opened his eyes. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And he sent him to his home, saying, Do not even enter the village. And Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah. And others, one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Christ. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, Of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Let's sing. When I survey the wondrous cross Yeah. 
stand as this closing hymn. Oh, the wonderful cross. Oh, the wonderful cross. It's me Jesus, your authority in these chapters is undeniable. It's just stunning that just with a word or two, you send demons out and you heal lifelong disease and you raise from the dead and you calm storms and you speak in ways that 
people's eyes open and they say, who is this man that speaks like this and, and talks as if he himself has this authority, which you do. So Jesus, we praise you as, as God Almighty with authority, the King. God, thank you for the way you show us your tender compassion through Jesus that we can see it, that that's your heart all along and the way that you respond to these these people who are on the fringes and on the very outside, desperate. Mm-hmm. Lord, thank you for that word that just keeps coming up in this gospel, begging, people begging for mercy, for help, for forgiveness, for healing, for help. And, and Jesus, we see your readiness to do that. Um, Lord, when people turn to you, God, I pray that we would be like that. We would turn to you, humble, empty pockets, begging, and that we would experience your mercy, your your answers to prayer, your help. Uh, God, I pray for this series. We commit the next year of being in this gospel to you. We pray that, uh, like Second Corinthians says, that as we behold the glory of the Lord Jesus, we would be transformed from one degree to another back into the image of you, God. And so help us to see this in Jesus and do this in us in Jesus' name. Amen. As we close, I want to give this benediction to you, a prayer, a blessing as you go out. Here we go. This week, may our Lord Jesus Christ, who denied himself and took up his cross to save you, give you the grace to follow in his footsteps of sacrificial love and worship this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week.